Welcome everybody to uh, everybody's favorite therapy themes podcast. I know it's everybody's favorite because you guys are all writing me, even like friends and like people I went to like high school with, people I went to grad school with. They're like, oh my god, I didn't even know that this was you on the podcast. Uh, so thank you guys so much for listening. We love you. We Welcome love it. To we love to see it. Everything. Uh, how you doing, Sarah? I am good. It's really rainy here. So like that's like the one kind of weather I'm not really into, which is why I don't live where you live. I would never survive. Um, but you know, it's nice. The plants are loving it. I've been doing a lot of gardening. I've turned into a crazy plant woman, like even more than I was before. Oh, I just noticed my poor Buzz Lightyear is falling over. I gotta I gotta fix him. <laughs> Please. I wonder what he was doing in the middle of the night. <laughs> Huh. He was just what taking a, a little rest. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He's playing around with the woody underneath them. If you yeah. guys have been listening since uh, our very first episodes, you would know that Jeff and I both are huge Toy Story fans. So I have my Toy Story toys displayed and it's falling over. Um. Anyways, so yeah, I've turned into a crazy er plant lady. And I do recognize this is because... Bo is no longer with me, my dog. So mm. now I need to take care of something, and I've purchased more plants than I want to admit in the last two weeks. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I get it. What do they say? Dogs are the new kids. Plants are the new dogs, and candles are the new plants. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Funny. I was making candles too. What is wrong with me? Oh gosh, yeah. Um, okay, we're that's it. That's fine. So I'm just doing that. Yeah. I mean, that's great. It's it's it's. Isn't it like? Don't people feel mentally healthy when they're in the garden and they're planting? Absolutely. Stuff? Mm-hmm. Uh, if I like touch dirt and and make things grow, and oh man, yeah. it's one of my favorite things. And now I'm I'm like all the things that I propagated last season have grown roots, and so I'm putting those in it. Like they're new container it's very fun it's very fun over here so yeah i love that for you yeah and i live in like a townhouse with like absolutely no soil or ground for me to plant in so i bring everything into a kiddie pool and i just sit in a kiddie pool and play (laughs) with dirt (laughs) it probably looks ridiculous in overalls so i look like a child but that's okay because you know keep me young i suppose yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not rainy over here. It is full on summertime. It feels like it's going to be in the nineties this weekend. It's what? a very big deal. Everybody's freaking out about it. Oh um, what are you going to do? I don't know. What is I'm going to try to on the weekend. Everybody uh, wants to I know mean... this. This is the question we all want to know. <laughs> it is the first like real like sun that's coming out for like a long time in Portland. So I am excited as most people are because it's been raining for the last eight months. Uh, so I will be going on walks. I'll be listening to podcasts. I'll walk my dog there. Everybody will be out in Portland and nobody is allowed to do like any frowny faces in Portland when the sun is out. And if you see somebody like is upset or getting into a fight and say, Hey, the sun is out in Portland. That's not fucking allowed. Cut that out. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Save I'm going it. Can to it. enjoy it. Yeah. I'm not going to be gardening in my garden okay. though, or doing anything like that. No, I'm just going to be not, sitting I, in I my don't imagine chair. you yeah, getting into the dirt. I can't fine. stand when there's dirt under my nails, when there's like earth in my nails. Like, no, it's just, how, I mean, how to do be you honest, I don't like that, that either. You don't, which is why I'm like, it's terrible. Oh, mm-hmm. I, so even with gloves mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Uh, 
is is Portland one of those places where when the sun comes out, people feel the need to wear flip flops everywhere and all the time? Yes. I knew it. Oh, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> Why do people that. think? No, because then I got to look at it's like I got to look at feet that should not that that it have clearly been living in shoes and haven't seen the light of day for eight months. And then all wow. of a sudden, like peekaboo, here they are. And are I'm just saying, feet. I'm just saying, go mm-hmm. to the go, go get a pedicure, like just at least give them a little scrubby dub dub and like cut before you go getting on public transportation or like sitting across from me at like, you know, Mm-mm. The no, rest you gotta you gotta let those feet breathe. What? Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's God. just how it is. So you obviously don't have a foot fetish. You have like the opposite no. of a foot well, fetish. I oh maybe you do. I depends what feet they do, are. Do I mean I do enjoy <laughs> my feet getting touched, but I keep them in very good condition because of this. It's like I I I like it, so I take care of it. Huh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So feet can really gross you out if they're not like yeah. properly well, cared for, is what you're saying. Uh, so could like if if you had dirt under your fingernails and you were letting them okay. grow and they were gross, sure, sure, sure. right? Where we mm-hmm. agree on that. That we yeah. agree. So I'm just saying, if it do- if it doesn't fly for your fingers, can't fly for your toes. There's so many flip flops that are being I knew worn it. this I weekend. Because as soon as a place where it's cloudy gets like. A ray of sunshine. Oh my god! They they're like, I gotta go to this side of my wardrobe that I never touch ever. (laughs) I lived in England for like a minute, and Mm -hmm. it was like that there. I was like, guys, Mm -hmm. it is still sixty five degrees outside. Put your shoes on. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it's extreme. It's ridiculous. It's very funny. And you know what? I made fun of that when I first came to Portland (laughs) eighteen years ago. Now I'm one of those fucking people. I don't care. I can just imagine everybody in flannel cargo shorts and flip flops yeah. yep. and band shirts. I think I, yeah, I think exactly. that's everyone. That's yeah. Portland for you. That's okay. Mm-hmm. We're all in, you know, the North Face and our like, right, right, right. Birkenstocks <laughs> with socks. So is that uh, any yeah. better? I don't know. No, it's not. Yeah. Um, what are we talking about today, Sarah? We're answering some questions. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you guys jingle. have some I don't know, fun. Getting, getting, I feel like we got a song at the beginning of the show. So we got to like, mm-hmm. and I don't have a soundboard because of my other podcast. They took it away because I abused it. What? I That's got a little. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was like, ooh, these buttons are fun, and I could, I couldn't control myself. So we don't have a soundboard. So instead, you get jingles every now and then. Love it. Yeah. So you guys have written in, and we have some wonderful Mm -hmm. questions from our listeners. We are always taking questions from you guys. In fact, we were just talking before and said, uh, wouldn't it be nice if we got some more sex-themed questions? Mm, Yes. Send us your sexy questions. We love to answer sex questions. Yes. Well, where would you like to start today, Jeff? Let's start at the bottom. Oh, okay. Somebody asks, what are some ways to calm anxiety around intimacy when it pops up? I do think that they're asking about like sexy intimacy or just like emotional intimacy. Oh, very good question. I took that as sexual intimacy. Well, let's just go with that. 
you yeah. in the mood to answer those questions? Let's start with one I, of them. Is that it? I think that's just what happened. I was like, oh, Sarah's You're projecting like, onto that question. Yeah, I am. Kind of I'm like, yep, we're talking about... Like, well, yeah. yeah, we'll answer both. Whatevs. But yes, definitely. <laughs> it, it's the ink blot thing. And I'm like, those are boobs. <laughs> exactly. I, I used to have the ink blots framed in my therapy office. Um, and then I was shooting a video in there and I posted it online. I think it was one of my very first like TikTok videos. And in the background, you could see the ink blots. And there was a psychologist, an ink blot psychologist that sent me a private message. And she was like, you need to take those ink blots down. And I was oh, like, well, like, why? Tell me more. <laughs> and she was like, well, the rule is, is that like people should not see those ink blots because if they see an ink blot behind therapy, Jeff, now they're associating that ink blot with you. So if I show them an ink blot and like, how are you feeling? What are you seeing? They're going to be like, I see therapy, Jeff. And, oh. <laughs> and it screws up everything for everyone, which oh, I thought was interesting. I mean, I can... <laughs> I can see that maybe it's like, okay, these are a tool and you're just putting it up as art. Like, yeah, I think it's more that because you could say that about anything. What if you were like a, a, a therapist that practiced like mindfulness in, mm-hmm. uh, and so anytime somebody like, I don't know that you could and think- we make associations to shit all the time. Right. Yeah, all the I time. Can't control it. Yes. But and also I don't even think we use ink blots anymore. I think that's no. been like debunked, right? Yes. Like <laughs> it's not a thing. No. But there are a handful of therapists that still use them and she was upset. I did not take those ink blots down. I think Yeah, I, good. I, I'm glad I you really did like it. Them. And I want yes. more people asso- uh, like associating with therapy Jeff online. So yeah. it serves me. Yeah. I get it. Okay, well, before we go on, let's pause and take a moment to talk about a word from our sponsor. And one of our sponsors today is Care Of. Now, one of the things I love about therapy is that it feels like a personalized and customized experience. It feels like somebody's providing you exactly what you need that's just for you. And I feel like Care Of is the same kind of thing, but for my vitamins. Exactly. They are the experts, just like when you're talking to a mental health expert or a therapist, they understand who you are, what your body needs or what your mind needs, and then they tailor the treatment just specifically for you. And Care Of does the same exact thing with their very fun, very easy to use, very cute, might I say. Adorable. (laughs) Yeah. Personal quiz. Very like motivating. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. You learn a lot about yourself when you take the care of quiz and then they like give you these results and you get to kind of like pick and choose which uh, vitamins and supplements that you want to take. And it's uh, it's right on time because whenever like spring has sprung and summer is coming along, there's always sort of like that extra motivation to be even healthier. Yeah, it's like we're, we're getting more in touch with our bodies. And, you know, I have, I have learned that vitamins and like having supplements as part of my daily routine mm-hmm. helps me get the most out of my body. It's one of those things now where I'm like, oh, I'm over here, like giving my plants their vitamins and stuff. How come I'm not doing anything to take care of myself? <laughs> so getting on a regular, consistent routine of taking my supplements every single day. And why I say they're adorable is they come in these little packs that have little, um, like 
challenges of the day or like mm-hmm. motto of the day. And I remember one time I got just recently I got uh, listened to a new kind of music that day. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. So I, I did that. And it just like is a way to like take your vitamins and then maybe like. Yeah. Do something that, that you wouldn't normally do. Exactly. Two birds with one stone. And I make sure that I get all the vitamins in like a powdered form because I drink a smoothie Ooh, nice. every morning. And so I just put it in the smoothie and it goes right into my body. I don't even have to think about it. So I don't even have to, I don't have to create like an extra routine in order to get all the health benefits. Yes. We love it. And I think that you'll love it too. If you want to support the show, then for 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter the code thischanges50. Again, for 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter code thischanges50. You will thank us later. Yes. Um, anyways, you're seeing all the boobs in the ink block. So we're going to go with what, what do you do when you feel anxious around sexual intimacy? Okay. I think the best thing to do is first communicate. We say this is like the answer to every single question. So we will say this for probably every question, but being able to talk about it before and even talking about the anxiety, bringing awareness and bringing attention to it. Like, I find when I say, you know, I am so nervous right now or like I'm so anxious right now, then often the other person will say either, oh, me too, and it helps me feel like mm-hmm. this is normalized and okay, or they'll do something to kind of make me feel less anxious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the first thing that I think you should do is verbalize your anxiety when it's just sort of banging around in your head and you're not letting it out. You're not expressing it. You're not even giving your partner a chance to soothe you or to validate you or to understand the trick that like, yes, I think that like Sarah and I will always say, we always always have said, just like communicate first. There is the opposite end of that, I guess, of like over communication. Sometimes you can like talk about your anxiety, your sexual anxiety too much so that like every time, you do have sex or you're being sexy you're like the anxiety is coming up and you're thinking about it so there's sort of like a balance of like talking about it expressing it seeing if you kind of like you know feel uh, validated whatever but then like sort of like allowing it to be there allowing the anxiety to be there and trying to like get back into your body so usually when you feel anxious it's in your head And you can't even, like, connect with anything below your neck. So it's about, like, instead of feeling the pressure that anxiety creates, it's about, like, focusing on the pleasure in the moment. So really getting in touch with, like, oh, my partner is touching my body in this way, and that feels really good. Or I'm feeling turned on in that way, and that feels really sexy. Um, So getting into the moment. And I guess, like, taking a break if you need to, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, sometimes, you know, just like you're saying, it's a... a the anxiety is in those future thoughts, the, oh no, then this is going to happen. Then this is going to happen. What if this happens? And so recognizing that it doesn't even need to get there, like take it slow and Mm -hmm. you can stop at any moment and really staying in the moment and staying present. You know, I really like what you were saying about like narrating Mm -hmm. the actions in your mind, narrating what's going on, even describing to yourself. It's always helped me to describe to myself where I'm feeling that pleasure in my body. 
mm-hmm. helps me connect with that place more. It helps me visually picture it. And all of that will help bring you into the moment. And don't mm-hmm. forget to take some deep breaths. Take some deep breaths. Usually the anxiety is coming from a place of like, I'm going to let them down or I'm not going to look good or my body isn't going to work in the way that I want it to work. Um, So there's also just kind of like allowing for that to happen. Maybe your body isn't going to do what you want it to do and that's okay. It doesn't mean that they're going to break up with you. They're also having some of the same fears probably, like we said, go ahead and verbalize them. Um. But bodies are weird, and sometimes they do things that we don't want them to do, or we want them to do things that they're not doing, and that's like a very normal thing to happen. Their her second like kind of follow up question is along the same lines, where she's saying like, "What are some ways to take the pressure off when you're dating someone new?" I tend to overthink situations when it's too early. You're overthinking sex, <laughs> um, yeah. but also like I get why you're overthinking sex because we put so much pressure on sex and we want to perform a very specific way. It's, it makes sense. Um, but you sound like an overthinker. <laughs> like that's just yeah. who you are. You know, and I always like tell you like that is your brain doing a really, really, really good job at coming up with all these scenarios. It's like, thank you so much brain for giving me all those ideas of what could go wrong or what all the things that uh, I need to worry about. But it's, it's, I call this like the therapy magic. I don't know what this is. Maybe there's a name for it. But when you uh, like really like look at the thought and you or look at the feeling and you just kind of call it out and say like, thank, I recognize like you are giving me so many ideas, but thank you so much. I don't really need any of those right now. I'm just going to like kind of be here. Then your brain goes, oh, okay. Sorry. Here you go. It's kind of like you ask it like, what restaurant I'd like to go out to dinner. And it's like, you want to go here? You want to go here? You want to go this restaurant? You want to go this restaurant? You want to go this? And you're like, whoa, chill. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm good. I only needed Mm -hmm. three recommendations. So Mm -hmm. your brain is like working really, really well. So give it credit and don't like dismiss it or else it'll just keep giving you more ideas and AKA more anxiety. Yeah, exactly. And there's probably, you know, Uh, you might be putting this person up on a pedestal. I think that sometimes when we start dating somebody, we're like, oh my God, this person is amazing. They're perfect. There's nobody else like them. Like, I don't want to fuck this up, right? Um, Well, I'm sure, you know, your person, whoever you're dating is great. There's probably so many other people out there that are just as good in different ways or maybe even better, whatever. So like, This isn't like the one shot, the one chance that you have. This is just sort of like one and probably like many people that you're going to date. Uh, So if this works out, great. I love that for you. If it doesn't, that's okay. There's so many other people you're going to meet. Um, So the overthinking is like trying to like have control over the situation when we need to kind of like embrace uncertainty. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what's the what's the worst that could happen kind of like you said there are other people out there you know like mm-hmm. like okay let sure you want to go with some of those thoughts go with the okay what if you said the wrong thing sometimes we have that anxiety of like oh no i can't believe i said that they're going to think this 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 about me they're they're not they're Mm-mm. probably forgot that you even said it mm-hmm. and what if they did could you imagine if you like said one wrong thing or like one thing that's and or made a bad joke or whatever it is and they just decided they didn't want to see you ever again well then not really 
strong foundation to begin with. So yeah, it's, and it's so, sort of it's yeah. like the you can't say the wrong thing to the right person sort of thing, right? right? Um, that like if they like you, if there's a good connection there, it'll continue and it'll work out, and you know, so like you're gonna be okay. <laughs> and I have heard some from from friends from so many people like some horror stories of things that happened in like embarrassing moments in first dating and and the early stages and those just make for fun stories to tell at at holiday parties later so (laughs) that's true exactly here's some good ones so try to get in the moment try to not put too much pressure on the situation it's okay if this doesn't work out it's also okay if you like bumble through it and make mistakes just like all of us do and go ahead and try to like express your anxiety or that you're overthinking in order to like feel seen and understood and validated by your partner um if they are weird and they have a freak out that person was not for you you probably need to find somebody who's more understanding and sweet yeah i like what you said about be trying to control the uncontrollable situation mm-hmm. it's just a lot of stuff i you know I, there's an exercise that i learned in uh, uh you know in grad school that I work only on telehealth now and it really like, I wish I had an office where I can just give people these things and be like, here you go. So sometimes like just have to trust that people are going out in the world and doing the activities. (laughs) But I love this activity of taking two jars, two mason jars, whatever containers that you can see through and writing down on one things within my control and writing down on the Mm. other things out of my control. And then you take a little post-it note and like, little pad of post-it notes and a pen. You got to have the tools right next to the jars. And whenever you have one of these thoughts, oh my gosh, what if he doesn't like me? Okay. Is that something that was within your control or not in your control? Well, you can't control whether another person likes you or doesn't like you. So we're going to go ahead and put write that on the post-it note. And we're going to put that in the I can't control it jar. And you're going to see visually like how many things are out of your control. And when you do, you gotta like, I don't know. It, it, helps have the uh, yeah it's liberating yes then you don't have to ruminate uh, ruminate about it as much or obsess about it because it's like well this isn't under my control i actually can't do anything about it i'm gonna hope for the best and continue on i'll tell you so many of the questions that we get are about uh getting in the right mental space about Mm -hmm. challenging thoughts about uh, not like jumping to conclusions. And it is something that you have to work on like on the daily. And it's not an easy thing to do. And, you know, Jeff and I can only be here so many hours to give you <laughs> all right. the advice that we give you. And so when we're not here, we have an awesome, awesome tool for you. One of our amazing sponsors, and that's Headspace. I love Headspace. Uh, headspace. I mean, we all know that like doing meditations, whether they're like long or short or guided or whatever, like it's extremely helpful. It helps you kind of like get centered, feel less for me. I feel less stress. It boosts my mental health, my mood. And it also kind of like makes me uh, more present for the relationships that I'm in, whether they're friendly or professional or romantic. Uh, but when you have an app downloaded on your phone that is yes. reminding you to do the meditations and will guide you through all the meditations, it feels like a real no-brainer. My favorite ones 
are the ones that are like the meditations that are on the go. So when I'm like pressed for time or if I'm feeling really hijacked um, and overwhelmed with something of like making a decision, I don't know which way to go. I go ahead and put on a meditation that's like on the go, a real quick one. And that grounds me and gets me in touch with my wise mind so that I'm not reacting from a like a really reactive, desperate place. And I can like see all the options. You know what I mean? Yes. I love that. And you know, I always had a go-to uh, uh, like mindfulness recording that I used, but mm-hmm. it was the same lady's voice and it there's like zero diversity on there, but headspace solves that problem. There is a wide range of teachers with diverse backgrounds, areas of expertise, like all over the place, whatever you want, there is somebody for you, different voices, different tones, like that really makes a difference for a lot of people. You got to like find the voice and mm-hmm. find the, you know, the sounds that work for you. Yeah. I remember when they first like released the app and I've seen them grow over the years and it's turned into something that's amazing. I use it all the time. Headspace has helped me and more than a hundred people worldwide. They can help you too. Listen up. You do not want to miss this. I've arranged something special for a limited time. All of you can try Headspace free for 60 days by going to headspace.com slash TCE 60 day. You won't find this offer anywhere else. You must enter my link H E A D S P A C E dot com slash TCE 60 D A Y to unlock all of Headspace for free for 60 days. This is not something they normally do. Headspace.com slash TCE 60 day. Well, let's continue on with our question, shall we? Let's do it, Sarah. What's the next question? Mm, Okay. Let's see. How about this one? Uh, My physician recommends therapy for my social anxiety. I struggle talking to and meeting new people. So seeing a therapist feels terrifying. How can I work through this? I love the question episodes. Keep them coming. That's funny. (laughs) You're right. I like that question. You should go meet new people, which means going to see a therapist, which means meeting new people and feeling really Mm -hmm. anxious about it. I'm tempted to just be like, I mean... You know, talking to a th- like emailing them and letting them know that like you want to work on social anxiety and one of the things that is like making you feel fearful is actually meeting you. So like letting the therapist know upfront that you're feeling overwhelmed and scared or fearful. Uh, therapists, you know, are trained in making sure that like you're feeling comfortable, you're feeling okay, you feel safe. We have lots of different ways to make you feel um, secure and stable in the office when you talk to us or in the zoom session, if you're like talking to us online. Um, so maybe just knowing that we like allowing us to take control of the situation and making it so that you feel comfortable trusting us that we're trained to like have this conversation is maybe the first thing that you should think about. Yeah. And is there a way to kind of meet in the middle? Like, is that the actual meeting in person that's really difficult? Mm-hmm. Because you can do online sessions, you know, but yeah, talking to the therapist about it and being open, this is what they're here to help you with. And I think focusing on the motivation for the uh, achieving the goal. So you want to work on social anxiety. Why? What is the motivation for that? to meet new people, to have an active social life, to have the life that you imagine yourself having or that you want for yourself, to uh, you know, meet someone and be in a relationship. Focus on whatever keeps you going. And when you do that, 
it makes it a little bit easier, like just a little bit, you know, to mm-hmm. take that first step or to put yourself in that scary situation because, like, oh, right behind fear is all the fun stuff. <laughs> it's like exactly. right behind that 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 fear and that that little bit mm-hmm. of resistance is. Mm-hmm. You got to get outside of your want. comfort zone in order to yeah. like experience all the things. So kind of like what Sarah's saying, like you're just going to have to do it, yeah. <laughs> you know, gotta you're going to do it. You're going to have to, I mean, don't have to have to, if you don't want to, but in this case, it'd be yeah. great if you just did it and feel terrified, like go into the therapy session, feeling scared, um, push through it as much as you possibly can. Um, there's that you're, I feel like a lot of times you want to do something once you don't feel any fear or don't feel any social anxiety. And so you're waiting for it to be pain free. And unfortunately that's not the case in life. You're going to experience discomfort. You're going to experience suffering. You're going to experience pain and you have to meet it. You have to go through it instead of trying to avoid it or instead of trying to you know, just wait for it to go away. And this is one of those situations mm-hmm. where you're probably going to feel really anxious or nervous or uncomfortable, but likely when the session is over, you're probably going to feel a lot of relief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a little bit easier the next time you build up a little bit of that, that mm-hmm. resilience and ability and tell you every time you do it, every time you do something that's difficult and push through that, you tell yourself, Oh, I can do this. And it works to make it a little bit easier next time. Oh yeah, right. I did do that. I did do that. That wasn't that. It wasn't as bad. And I don't want to say like always 100% of the time, I don't know every single situation, but in my experience, I have yet to ask the question, was it as bad as you thought it was going to be? Mm -hmm. And have anybody give me an answer other than no, it was not. Yeah. Have you ever suffered from social anxiety? Do you suffer from it? Oh my God. Sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I remember asking this question in grad school when we were talking about social anxiety and talking about different things, talking about um, uh, feeling like everybody's looking at you. And I said, well, what mm-hmm. happens if you're somebody who was on, say, I don't know, hypothetically a reality television show for 11 years, and you then you think people are looking at you because people actually are looking at you, but then nobody talks to you because they're like, don't want to admit that they watch that reality show. What do you call that? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, a little bit, Jeff. So, uh-huh. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> yeah. So, and and I... I don't know if it is a, a result of the pandemic and being like under freaking lockdown for so long, but it is difficult to just, or it's harder, I don't know, to just go outside and meet up with people. And even it feels like, like maybe, it's, maybe it's just me, but I feel like I've heard this from friends too, that the tolerance that I have there, there's. I have less tolerance for social settings and like how long I can be in them or, you know, if it's too stimulating and too loud and too many people, too many distractions, Mm -hmm. it's harder than it it used to be. And even just that thought of like, what am I going to talk about? Because we didn't see people for a long time. I think it 
it maybe did something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Okay. My, you know, so they, I, I, we have to, like you said, like, you know, that it's not going to be free of any feelings of discomfort. Mm-hmm. But when you push through that discomfort, the, what you get in return, that feeling of connection, it's like, you know, ugh, right now I'm training for this stupid 10K that I signed up for with Eli. Why did I do this? And I do recognize as I'm doing it, and I like roll my eyes because I hate that it's happening, that it does get easier the more miles I run and the more I mm. do it. And mm-hmm. it is the the amount of times I have to push through a wall is less on the fifth run than it was on the first run. And I freaking hate that that's the reality because I hate running so much and I wish it were like, nope, it's hard forever. I hate it. I don't want to do it. But it does get easier the more you do it. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh. I know. It's true. <laughs> so the only way to kind of like get through it is to keep on doing it even when you feel uncomfortable because you will see results like Sarah's yes. seeing results. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. And it's satisfying at the end, that feeling afterwards mm-hmm. is like, okay, yeah, it was worth it. Just yeah. getting over that. Yeah. Mm, it's hard. Yeah. The Do you feel social I, anxiety? Yeah. The only time I feel social anxiety nowadays is when I go to like, I haven't done this for a while, but it's always been whenever I go to a house party, if I'm like at a house party, I what don't you know. How, wh- how old are you? <laughs> house parties? Ugh. They still happen in We live in different Portland, lives, Oregon. Jeff. We live different <laughs> lives. House party. Okay. Well, that sounds cool. It's very cool. People it's have nice. house parties here, but there's like... If I go to like a bar and I meet people, like I know how to operate in a bar. I have a drink or I'm sitting down or whatever. If I go to a yeah. show, I know like I'm looking at the stage. Where but when you're going to a house party, it's just like, what do I do Ooh. with my body? Who am I supposed to talk to? Who are these fucking people? Um, yeah. There's just like I do not operate well in that specific environment, and that's when I start to feel a lot of social anxiety. Well, that makes sense because that is yeah. like, where do you sit? Whose house is this? I don't know. Like, I know it feels so weird, and 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 so I usually try to find like the one person I can like glom onto, and I'm just like, I'm following you around for the whole time. This is what we're hey. doing all night long. Yeah, I need an activity or thing. Like, I mm-hmm. that you know, I think for people of social anxiety, I'm a big fan of like trivia nights, places like mm. that's the only time I can get out. It's like trivia night. I will be social. Like. Mm-hmm. I need something like an activity. Yeah. Keep me busy. Exactly. And I, I I go everywhere with a deck of cards That's just so that I like, if I don't feel like talking, cause mm-hmm. I'm always worried. What if I have nothing to say? I have three podcasts and talk like practically <laughs> for a living. Like I'm worried. I don't have anything to say. What is wrong with me? Yeah, I so think clearly it's my brain coming up with fake scenarios. Yeah. So I hope uh, that that answered that question. Well, before we dive into our next question, I got a question for you, Jeff. Do you uh, get super hungry like late at night and need a delicious treat late Ugh. in the evening? Yes, I get like famished <gasps> all the okay. time. Eli is not the, one of these people 
It's mm-hmm. almost enough for me to end the relationship. I'm just kidding. You're the best. Don't worry. <laughs> but I really like he is not a late night snacker and I am the snack queen. That's I love really it. Weird. I know he has so much self-control and like, <sighs> maybe it's not that maybe I just like, I need a sweet treat at the end of a meal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I like, like to have, I'm like a little squirrel. I like to like have like a little stash. Like sometimes like he'll lean over and I'll have a little stash of like nuts and my favorite, which I think might be your favorite too, chocolate covered gummy bears on my nightstand. Because sometimes you just get hungry. And my go-to for Mm -hmm. all these delicious snacks, because they have like every snack under the sun. What do you want? Cashews, gummy bears, olives, popcorn, saltwater taffy, everything ever is nuts.com. Not only are they delicious and so fantastic, but their packaging is adorable. (laughs) Yeah. I think we've said this before that like these are the only things that I put on my like kitchen counter as like display items that I also dig into and eat all the time. Uh, It's very pretty. They have very fun designs. Nuts.com is your one-stop shop for freshly roasted nuts, dried fruit, sweets, pantry staples like specialty flowers and more. They have a very wide selection, which means that there is something for everyone. And I I don't know. I I don't know if I can trust Eli if he's not a fellow (laughs) snacker. I know. I mean, but don't worry. Like, he, it's not like he doesn't enjoy them. I every time we go okay. camping or go hiking or anything like that, I always fill all of our little reusable snack bags with all of our delicious nuts. And it's like easy to remember. Where do you want to get this from? What what delicious treats do you want? Oh, you want some nuts? Nuts.com. Easy to remember. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So right now, nuts.com is offering new customers a free gift with purchase and free shipping on orders of $29 or more at nuts.com slash TCE. So go check out all the delicious options at nuts.com slash TCE. You'll receive a free gift and free shipping when you spend $29 or more. That is nuts.com slash TCE. Yes. Now I'm hungry. Okay. Back to our questions. <laughs> okay. All right, here's another question. Okay. Um, yada, yada, yada. My girlfriend and I have been together for two years. We live together, have a puppy, and have been able to overcome most of our issues. One issue that was put to the back burner is her interactions with her friends. She is pansexual, and I'm heterosexual. There have been instances where she has kissed, groped, and danced with her girlfriends in a way that makes me uncomfortable. I express that it makes me uncomfortable because she is attracted to women. I try to equate this to if I did the same thing with girls I'm friends with, but she thinks it's different. Is there a way to better approach this than just saying, this makes me uncomfortable. I want you to stop. Thanks. Keep doing what you're doing. He's trying so hard. I know. (laughs) I get it. And, And there's like more like... Um, we're like being more like open with how we identify sexually. So there's like more people that are pansexual. There's more people that are queer. We're understanding that we're all on this queer spectrum. So like, mm-hmm. um, this person is heterosexual. They're dating a pansexual. Um, 
there's, I don't know if, so I'm heterosexual who's also mm-hmm. dating somebody who's pansexual. And there's this thing that I do. I'm not sure if this guy is doing it. Where like, I'm kind of jealous of my girlfriend who's pansexual. Cause I'm just like, oh, they seem so much more evolved. I'm like so oh. fucking boring as a hetero cis guy who just likes women. Like this is like, there's nothing interesting about me. At all when it comes to like who I'm attracted to, what can okay. like what my sexual orientation like it's just um so and there's like in the like I'm over generalizing here, but like mm-hmm. sometimes in the queer community there's just like more whatever cuddle puddles or like little it's like dancing and grinding and on each other. Yeah, yeah. There's okay. just more like sexual freedom, you know. And uh I love it. I love all that. But just like this guy. Uh, he's like, he feels like uncomfortable with his girlfriend going out and kissing or grinding and dancing and groping their friends, their girlfriends. And so I like that, you know, he's saying like, um, he's saying, this makes me uncomfortable. I want you to stop. I'm quoting him. He's quoting himself. (laughs) I think that's fucking perfect, dude. Like, (laughs) this makes me uncomfortable. I want you to stop is a very fair, okay thing to say to anybody, no matter what their sexual orientation is, who they're attracted to, who their friends are. It is totally okay for you to to say that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think there's two different sides to this. On one side, you have to... Of course, say that you're uncomfortable with that. And somebody has the, uh, uh, I don't know, then like opportunity to say, I respect our relationship and you and your feelings about this. And because I don't want to make, and that's what a relationship is. There's compromise, there's give Mm -hmm. and take, and we're going to have to do things we don't want to do and blah, blah, blah. And so that person goes, you know what? I don't want to hurt this person's feelings. I don't want to make this person feel comfortable. That that person's feelings matter more to me than whatever satisfaction I get from grinding them with my gals at the club. Mm -hmm. Whatevs. And so you change your behavior. Mm -hmm. Or that person goes, well, I don't care that I make you feel this way. I'm going to do that. In which case you say you have to, you know, our friend asking this question has to say, okay, she has chosen to continue doing this behavior. This is what I am, uh, have, am going to get from her. It is probably not going to change or be different no matter what I do. Am I willing to accept that this is who she is and this is what she wants to do despite her uh, knowing how it makes me feel? Mm-hmm. And that there you go. Yeah, there you go. And th- I, I was like reading this question to my girlfriend last night and it got us like into a really interesting conversation and she was like okay well what if uh i was cuddling with my friend molly how would you feel about that and i'm like cuddle the shit out of molly i love uh-huh. molly uh-huh. and she was like well what if i was cuddling um samantha and i'm like no 
not okay with Samantha. Okay. <laughs> and then and then I was and then she was like, Well, what if you were cuddling what if I was cuddling with Amanda? Or what if I was cuddling with my ex wife, Kate? Uh-huh. And there was like we ha- we all had different feelings about the different and so it, it came down to like a case by case sort of thing where sometimes we were able to be like, Oh, no on Samantha because like there's some ulterior motive coming like yeah. and like yes on Molly because like I met Molly and I love Molly. Um so like it's okay if you have different feelings based on like the person that you're cuddling or dancing with or groping and uh yeah. and like Sarah is saying like you should say I'm cu- I'm uncomfortable with yada yada and then your partner gets to decide if it's more important mm-hmm. to be cuddling with whoever or dancing with whoever and and Sarah like when you said like there are compromises like maybe my girlfriend wants to do cuddles with Samantha and I feel uncomfortable with it and hopefully I'll, they'll, they'll, she's going to choose my feelings over like her desire to cuddle with somebody mm-hmm. else and might also have to have like an uncomfortable conversation. So like this dude's girlfriend might have to tell her friends, like, I'm not going to be as like physically close to you anymore because my boyfriend feels uncomfortable with it and she needs to feel okay communicating that. Right. Yeah. yeah. I also am not a big fan of, uh, the thing in there that, that makes me like, mm, I don't like that is that it's, Rules that apply to one person that don't apply to another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He did try the the good old like, well, what if I were doing this? And then she's like, Classic. well, it's different. I'm like, mm, but can't do that. You can't do that. And I don't care if it's different. I don't care if you think it's different. Yeah. Like, it's what I feel. And right. this is how, it, you know, and this is so like, this doesn't feel even, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And he sounds like the person is not going to be bumping and grinding with any gals anyway. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like, who cares? I don't know. There's, there's a lot of like, I get it. Like she's pansexual. She's like more open. She's connected to a different community. This makes sense. Yeah. But just because like, I don't even want to use the word evolved. It's just a different approach to connecting with people just because that's how she is or that's how she, you can still say that like you feel uncomfortable. I think because I'm I'm talking to myself here, like (laughs) I feel like I need to be okay letting my girlfriend know that I feel uncomfortable and I'm not, and I need to stop putting her up on some pedestal that she's like pansexual and more evolved than me. And I just need to be like, meet her there. Like, Look at how you're using the girlfriend word too. Oh, I love that. I know, this is I very know. exciting. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. So there's like I'm. I sort of like want to defend these like heterosexual cis men who don't feel evolved, uh, which sort of makes me feel like maybe I'm being problematic. But they're like, <laughs> I, I don't think they need any defense. Like they're like they probably have all the defense they need. Okay, but here's the. You don't come in with the idea and the expectation that you're going to change her, that she's going to mm-hmm. be different, right? Mm-hmm. You're kind of like, you know, if you, if you, I feel like if, if you are, I don't know, at Burning Man and you meet somebody who's <laughs> like, I don't know, open and sexual and dancing and what maybe burning man is a bad example because you could do whatever the fuck you want there i don't know a house party they're at a house party doing whatever like being all sexual and you're like oh yes i am so attracted to that person who's doing that you can't like get mad at the Mm. same thing that you were once like 
into and attracted to and like drew you into that person. It That's feels my really little... hypocritical. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's one of those, if it's like, I love that she's wild and, and free and everything, but now that she's with me, I don't like that. And I want her to be different. And that makes me uncomfortable. Then mm-hmm. we got to There's a problem there. Yeah. Little, little problem out there. So yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, Hmm. Anyways, I like this question. I think it's a good question, and um, there's lots of different ways to go here. So hopefully, we answered your question, or maybe we made you feel even. I, yeah. I like. I wanted you to like feel validated. For two years. That's a long time. Oh, did they say two years? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just read that. They have a puppy time. together. Yeah, you had a puppy together. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, like I I remember I used to hate that my ex-husband was real flirty with hostesses at wait at restaurants. Mm-hmm. And then I realized like him, that was like one of the reasons why when I first met him I like he was like charming and and mm-hmm. like I liked that. So I was like oh, I can't get mad. At, I can't get mad at this. I had to yeah, found other reasons funny. to get mad like we do, yeah, but you know, that one I love. had to let go of. Yeah. I mean, and I guess, you know, it makes sense. Like you start to feel more insecure when you're in a relationship with someone. When you first start to fall for them, you're just like, oh my God, there's no like attachments. It doesn't feel threatening at all. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, I have like, to keep mm. this. Oh, these are threats. I need to do something about this. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I get like that. Like, mm, nobody. Mm-hmm. I've definitely played that. I'm like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. I'm just saying, this is how it makes me feel. Choose your own adventure. <laughs> I'm exactly. saying, go mm-hmm. ahead, but I'm not uh-huh. saying go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying go ahead, but there may be some consequences. So yes. Consider yes. that before you yes. go ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. You can have mad Sarah or you can go out to dinner with that gal. Whatever you want. <laughs> um, okay. What's next? Let's see. da 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 what do we want to answer? Uh, how about this? Hi, Therapy Jeff. I'm a big fan of the podcast, and my relatively new boyfriend and I recently did t- 10 questions for a healing relationship together. It was really interesting and useful, and building some emotional intimacy and vulnerability between us. My question is for you and Sarah. I really hate making eye contact during sex. It's not a trauma or uh or bad experience or previous bad experience. Uh, I just find that when my eyes are open, it takes me out of the moment. And I'm thinking more about what my face looks like than just being present in the moment with my partner and being present in my body. However, eye contact is really important to my boyfriend. He understands it's hard for me, but I want to help push myself outside of my comfort zone for him. How do I do it while staying present? Have you done that thing, Sarah, where you like stare into each other's eyes for four minutes? (laughs) I'm sorry. I get it. Like I do. I and 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 the thing is like I Eli would be somebody who would be so good at this with me. We would be Mm. we would do it and it would be Mm -hmm. fantastic. But like I don't know. It's about it, it feels like so intimate and so personal and so interesting interesting uh i mean i've done (laughs) those kind of Mm -hmm. i don't know what do you call exercises like Mm -hmm. in 
I don't know, on like a, a team building weekends sure, sure. trip mm-hmm. somewhere with something, I'm sure. And I get it. Like it is so vulnerable and you cry and you're connected and eye contact is really important, but it is hard if you are somebody who feels very insecure or f- has that uh, uh, very loud, mm-hmm. judgmental, <laughs> internal voice to yeah. do that. Yeah. Uh, and then if you're anybody like me, then you ugh, break the tension with laughing. I know. It's so hard not to laugh because it's oh. so fucking silly. It's, it feels really – it just feels so performative and – extra and but i i mean i i like to do it i like to challenge myself to do it i it's really hard for me to get through and i have those sort of barfy feelings that you have yeah as well um and i also started i uh, get in my head of like which eye am i supposed to be looking in? yeah and like, <laughs> like, what do i do i look at the bridge of the nose do i look uh-huh. what even is a face anymore i don't even know like <laughs> who is this yeah uh, there was there was a like a a, a performance ish sort of thing like put on at like some the New York something art museum where like this lady was just sitting there and staring into people's eyes and she was doing it with like celebrities like Jay Z and Beyonce and wow. they were like crying because the way that she just like looked into your eyes would it felt like she was looking into your soul and you oh, like couldn't God. take it you would just sort of break down. It's a very touching, and I wonder maybe if they should do that (laughs) and stare into, like, that's sort of like a, what do you call that as a therapist? Exposure therapy, right? Where you're just like, or alternatively, have you thought about getting those glasses that have the pictures of the open eyes on the frame? I was thinking that, but I was like, Sarah, don't make jokes right now. (laughs) It's like, Sarah, be serious. But yeah, I was thinking, I'm like, there's, and so is there a, like we were saying before, there's a compromise with something. So I'd want to know like what time during sex is difficult for you to make eye contact. Like, you know, if this is, you know, when uh, it's right before, like you're about to have an orgasm and he wants, and you're like need to close your eyes to mentally like get mm-hmm. to that place, then mm-hmm. you do you and he's just got to chill. But if this is like at the beginning, like, you know, when you guys are just having a moment of connection, if he needs that, maybe you can incorporate some short little bursts of eye contact in there. So there's, that is definitely a way to go of like, how do you compromise when do you feel the most comfortable or uncomfortable opening your eyes and making contact? It's funny that she, she says, I just find that when my eyes are open, it takes me out of the moment. And I'm thinking more about what my face looks like. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of want to know more about that. Like, are you, do you feel like your face looks really funny? Do you feel like you look silly? Do you feel like you're being too serious? Do you feel like your face isn't pretty enough or mm-hmm. is making like funny uh, faces. I don't know. Like there's, um, so can he like reassure you and let you know? And there's, what, what, mm, yeah. What do you Sorry. Thinking? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, yeah. I let thinking. you know that like what you look like, take a picture of you. <laughs> oh my don't goodness. Do that. No, that's don't do bad. that, Jeff. 
<laughs> Nobody wants to see that. I will not and have. I can't, can't, can't. Oh, God, I would die if someone took. <laughs> I would wonder. Th- I think that there may be a time where she got the message that mm-hmm. her face needs to look a certain way but Sarah, or she's doesn't saying look that way. It has nothing to do with previous experience. She's written that off, although I don't 100% believe that. There's there's something going on. Okay, there. it might not be previous experience, but where did you get the message? Where did you learn that he may be looking at your face? What is your belief about what your face should look like while you're having sex? Yeah, there's sort of like these these very practical questions of like, where Mm -hmm. does this come from? What do you think your face looks like? And and can you compromise? Whatever. But then there's sort of like the therapist in us where we're just like, there's something that happened here, clearly. But maybe we're being two therapists about it. Maybe like, you know, it's the sort of a cigar is just a cigar sort of thing. (laughs) We we shouldn't be like reading into (laughs) right exactly. It's right more than it. But yeah, or you can flip it and be like fine you want to do eye contact and then do the weirdest fucking eye contact that never <laughs> leaves that's just like open your eyes so wide until he's just like babe you need to look away close those fuck away um so you can try to freak him out flip it on him like that it's it's hard not to be silly about this even though this is yeah. a very serious question and i'm interested because i want to I, I know what what eye contact what? means to him too yeah, is he being like too fucking weird yeah, about is it? Is he like being about like, it? Is he, so yeah, is he, or is yeah. he being like, "Look at me when I come," like <laughs> weird like that? God. I don't know, man. People, but Sarah, people... if you were, if you and Eli were having sex, mm-hmm. and then eventually you realize that like he is never looking at you or into your eyes, I would. What would I've you do? Experienced that? I did not like that, yeah. and I I asked for eye contact. Yeah, exactly. Uh huh. I get it. I see where this guy is coming from. He yeah. wants to be able. It's like because it an feels intimate like they're checked way. out. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very loving experience when you make eye contact and you're having sex. Okay. Yeah, because what I think is, I when when he's not getting eye contact, what does it feel like for him? Maybe it feels disconnected. Maybe it feels like you're in. I don't know, over there in your like little pleasure zone town Mm -hmm. and he's over there somewhere else. And Mm -hmm. that feeling and that distance can, yeah, that can feel not so great. So maybe he needs a little more connection and to feel like part of the moment and included. And, Mm -hmm. and is there a way that you can incorporate having your eyes closed, like maybe like sexy blindfolds you and like, I don't know, and you and you use your hands more, or something where he's more involved, even if it mean doesn't mean making eye contact, but where there's more connection or what can be like a meet in the middle. You know? Yeah, and you can also start slowly. So like maybe like you <laughs> Just don't start... one eye open or what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Sorry, well you started with the jokes. I know, and... <laughs> I know. This is my fault. Yes, you can start with one eye open, just kind of squinting the other one, or <laughs> instead of like uh, opening your eyes like during intercourse when he's inside of you like Mm -hmm. that might feel like really intense so instead you're gonna like slowly warm up to it where 
You're going to like kind of like be touching each other and do some eye contact. You're going to do a little kisses making eye contact. You're going to like start to like ramp up all the like the sexy yeah. things, but you're going to start with where it feels okay. And it might be for you. It might just be like holding hands and making eye contact. That's the most you can do because anything more than that feels like it takes you out of the moment and it feels weird or it feels anxious. Then you're just holding hands and you like yeah. figure out all the little steps from holding hands to having sex and slowly working up that list. And, you know, maybe even asking, because if the fear is, what is he thinking? What is he, I, he looking at my face or am I making a weird face? Anything like that. Then maybe even getting some information. What are you thinking while I'm mm. looking at you? Yeah. What are thought? And, and it's never what we think it is. Mm-hmm. He's not like, oh, man. Like, well, I was going to say, like, she needs a pedicure, but I was like, fuck, I just said the whole thing about not wearing, like, flip-flops. I can't go back on that. I might be thinking that. Don't, don't, no bad example. But he's not thinking, like, oh, she's making a weird face or something like that. Like, you know, I, I, I feel like this may be related to messages that we have all received about what people should look like while they're having sex from the porn that Mm -hmm. is made and that is like you know expecting all bodies to look like Mm -hmm. swimsuit models like not that's that's one percent one kind that's and that's very performative or like i don't know everybody dancing is going to be like professional dancer something like that it's not like that no it's not like that i don't know if this is connected or if this would do anything for her but like i wonder what it would be like to have sex like in front of a mirror or a mirror being there kind of like looking like so looking at it in a way of just like a lot of times this is very good and there's a mirror it's just like it's a turn on i'm just like look how sexy we look like it's so fun to watch yourself have sex with the you know and so maybe if you look at yourself in the mirror and you see your face and you're just like oh this is just like a really hot thing yes right i like this can you look yeah. at yourself in the mirror maybe he can look that yes this is this, this i like this i think there's something there, there get, we've got a lot of good ideas for this one all that being said sarah if yeah. if you like if there's a sex a sexual thing that it, you don't want to do and you're clear with it and you do not want to open your eyes during sex, then that's your choice. Mm-hmm. And then maybe he's going to have to like figure out how to be okay with that or accept that or still feel connected to you in other ways while you're having sex. So we don't want to force you to do anything, but we've given right. you a lot to think about. <laughs> yes. Maybe you could come up with some ideas on, on uh, meet in the middle. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I think we have time for one more. Let's sure, do it. we can do one more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Okay, so somebody has a follow-up question to Ooh, yeah, I love a follow-up. one of our recent episodes or question episodes. Um, the follow-up question is about when we were talking about like um, – when you're in a relationship, what if you feel like somebody's a better fit? What should you do? And you and I, Sarah, were just like, you're always going to feel like somebody's a better fit. Like, this is a normal thing. Handle it. You know, you want to be in a long-term relationship, so stick with that. Their Got follow-up it. question yes. is, 
If you're in a long-term relationship and you're both unhappy, despite working on it and going to couples therapy, etc., at what point do you continue to choose them versus decide to get a divorce and truly try for someone else? It seems like there's a lot of conflicting views on this. Stay and try no matter what or choose yourself and your happiness. I'd appreciate any insight. Thanks. Mm -hmm. This is a difficult decision to make. It's, It's especially hard. Uh, when there is, uh, uh, when there are kids involved, when mm-hmm. like lives are tied together, like separating mm-hmm. that is not easy. And so I think it's important to recognize like what may be gained, but also what may be lost. Is there, uh, there's like, how is the co-parenting right now? How are you guys parenting together? Is this something where that's going to change a lot. And there are a lot of reasons why couples stay together and stay in relationships. uh, um, Mm -hmm. Like really because it's, it's too complicated to, Mm -hmm. and and really difficult to do it differently. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And if we, so there's a lot that goes into it. There's sort of like all the time and the energy that you put into it. There's like the complicated stuff of maybe having kids or family, whatever. If if we like, so they're saying like, despite working on it and going to couples therapy, Mm -hmm. et cetera, Mm -hmm. it sounds like they're trying to frame this question as like, I've done everything. We've Mm -hmm. done everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if we've done quote unquote everything, and if we believe that premise, then should they like choose to stay together or choose to leave there's like i feel like sometimes what it comes down to is if you if you feel like you've tried everything you have to just like check in with your gut like yeah. what does your gut say what does your intuition mm-hmm. say which feels unsatisfactory because you want something to you know something to be more clear and sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard to get in touch with your gut or with your intuition but a lot of times um there's like i kind of ask my clients like what is it? It might be 51%, 49%. That 51% yeah. of you wants to leave and 49% of you wants to go. And that's what you're going to have to make your decision on. I would wish it was like 100%, 0%. So it could be so clear. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to get the clarity that you want here. Um, I think that a lot of people are looking for clarity and certainty and like knowing, like, I am making the right decision. You might not even know if you're making like the right decision until years after or something right. like this. Just just make the best decision possible and accept that it's going to be fifty one forty nine. Yeah, and I like to ask if if nothing changed, mm-hmm. how would you feel in one year, in five years, in twenty years, mm-hmm. in more than that? How would you feel? We're going to assume nothing is going to be different. Things are going to say this the way that they are. How? do you feel at each of those moments? And Mm -hmm. if it's like, Oh, five years, I don't know. Well then two years, one year kind of go the other direction. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love playing what would 99 year old Sarah say to myself? She's Mm -hmm. always like, Oh, this is just one of those times where to, you know, and remember like people grow at different rates. You know, sometimes we want somebody to change really quick and we want be like, Oh, we've been to therapy. Like, there's going to therapy and then there's being taken to therapy. Mm. And, you know, if, if it's important to look at like, like to give something time and to look at the work that's been put into it. And 
you know, people are going to change at different speeds. We can't like expect somebody to be different overnight. So. Mm -hmm. And which like, if you do stay, if you do decide to stay, can you just put both feet in? Can you really yeah. do it? Can you let yeah. go of your ambivalence? If you please do that, like really, yeah. really do that. If you can't do that, then that's interesting that you can't let yeah. go of the ambivalence. That's kind of saying that maybe you want to leave. Um, yeah, it's like acceptance and gratitude when you are able yeah. to just put be like in with two feet. Like mm -hmm. it may not be the best ever perfect, but can you be really happy with these things and really appreciate those? And mm -hmm. like, yeah. yeah, the grass is always greener, but there's also the, like, I, I don't know if like there, so he's like saying that there's a lot of different uh, views on like, do you stay together no matter what, or do you choose yourself? And so there's a lot of like, you know, a lot of therapists like us that are online and being like, you know, you should leave a relationship or you should stick to your relationship. Like which content are you looking for more? Right. Like, totally. are you looking for content that's giving you permission to end the relationship? Or are you looking yeah. for content that's like motivating you to stay in the relationship? Yeah. That's a clue, you know? You know, like just imagine, like, close your eyes and imagine a little box in front of you. And this is like the most magic box ever that holds all the secrets and all the answers to all the questions that there ever were in the whole entire universe. And it just is like, it knows the answer. And you ask the question and the box does a little thing and you kind of feel it shaking a little bit. And you open up the top and you look inside and it gives you that answer. There you go. That's your answer. There you go. We're going to end it there. I think that's the perfect place to end it. There you go. All right, friends. Well, we will see you next time. Thank you for your wonderful questions. Keep submitting them. Uh, like we said earlier, we would love to hear some of your sexy questions, some of your uh, you know, intimacy-related questions, and, or you know, any other questions you have. We're taking them all. So uh, make sure you slide into our DMs and send us those. And we will see you next time on This Changes Everything. Bye.